0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we just heard this gospel reading today about the beheading of St. John the Baptist. The gospel in many ways brings to an end the Old Testament. The last of the Old Testament prophets has been slain by the people. To whom God had sent them. In the epistle reading today, we heard St. Paul. In the book of Acts, we heard of what St. Paul had done at Poseidon. We heard how, in fact, he had made known to the people that the Old Testament in fact had been fulfilled in the beheading of John and the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus Christ. Saint Paul writes in, in in the book of Acts, or it's recorded in the book of Acts what Paul had done in Bethsaida. It says, then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand he said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. These words are for both the Israelites and the Gentiles. It is for us. He says, listen, the God of this people Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it, meaning out of Egypt. Now for a time, about 40 years, he, meaning God, put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. And listen, as we hear in the book of Acts, how Paul summarized to the people a Poseidon of what was done for the people of God, whose job it was to prepare a nation and a people for the coming of God himself, for the Messiah. And in doing so, Paul is summing up the history of the people of God. And he's reminding them that that covenant has come to an end, and that a new covenant has been established, and that we have been called as the people of God, no longer only Israelites, but all people have been called to be the chosen race, a royal nation, a holy priesthood, a holy people chosen by God. It goes on to remind them Now for a time, about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he destroyed those nations, he gave them land. And after that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet came and led the people. And afterward, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when Saul's time had come to an end, he raised up for them David as a king, to whom he also gave testimony and said, "I have found David the son of Jesse a man a man of <clears throat> I'm sorry. And he raised gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years, and removed him. He raised up for them David as king, to whom he also gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. David becomes important because David is one whose heart was with God. And from David God said that he would raise up a Messiah for his people. And he says from this man's seed, meaning David's, according to the promise God raised up for Israel a savior Jesus. After John at first priest before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of John of Israel. And as John was finishing his course he said, who do you think I am? John indeed was a mighty prophet, and many followed after him. In fact, many thought John was the Messiah. But John says, I am not he. But behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. John indeed was a great prophet, In fact, Jesus Christ says that he was the greatest of all the prophets. Yet John says he's not worthy to stoop down and untie the sandals of the feet of our Lord. Imagine the esteem that John had for Jesus. And he goes on to say, men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. We are reminded in the book of Acts that all that the Old Testament covenant was for, which was to prepare a people, a nation, a race for the coming of the Messiah has been fulfilled. And we hear this, and Paul gives testimony to it, as did John, and as did so many of the prophets and our forefathers and foremothers have given to us. What is it that we learn from today's epistle and gospel reading? What is it, and why is this feast so important? In some ways, it's a gruesome feast. John is beheaded but his beheading ushers in the end of the Old Testament prophets and ushers in the new covenant. And we celebrate this as a great feast of the church, not because John was beheaded, but because John was a great prophet who ushered in the Lord. We read in the footnotes of the Orthodox Study Bible precisely why this feast and these events and Paul's words in Bethsaida are so important. It says Paul preaches Christ based on his fulfillment of the Old Testament events and prophecies. Paul, as all of us understand, that the Old Testament prophecies were to lead to the coming of the Messiah and God dwelling among his people. And he goes on to say the heart of Paul's message is number one, Christ is the promise, and therefore the fulfillment of the Jewish faith. No longer is the old covenant necessary, necessary in the sense that it has been replaced with a new covenant. That doesn't mean the Old Testament is not important because the Old Testament is part of our canon of the scripture. And what was prophesied in the Old Testament and taught in the Old Testament, as Christ said, does not go away. But Christ is the fulfillment of that covenant. And number two, Jesus, Jesus is the seed of David. Earlier you heard that David would do God's will and from him God would raise up a Messiah. And thus fulfills his office as the true king of Israel. And Jesus is the one John the Baptist preached. And the notes go on and say, the family of Abraham refers to the Jews, while those who fear God refer to the Gentile believers. Thus salvation is proclaimed to all mankind. And salvation is for the Jews and the non-Jews alike and the new covenant is offered to all. Paul consistently presses the point that if the Old Testament is properly understood, it is clear Jesus is the Messiah. Even the Jewish leaders' rejection of Jesus fulfilled these prophecies. And in addition to Christ's death and resurrection, which we hear of if I continued reading, Two reoccurring themes in apostolic preaching are first, the forgiveness of sins, and two, no one is justified by the law of Moses. Both John and Jesus preach this. They preach the forgiveness of sins which belongs to the new covenant. And also belonging to the new covenant is that no longer is it enough to simply follow the law. Jesus said that he desires not sacrifice, but a merciful, kind, and loving heart. We enter into this new covenant with Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, adopting us as his brothers and sisters and making a new way for us. We come in a few days To the end of this ecclesiastical year, to the end of this church year, and it's time for us to look at our hearts and our minds in light of the Word of God and to ask ourselves do we still live in the Old Testament with sometimes its hardness of heart and its pure obedience to the law and its lack of mercy and compassion and forgiveness and love. Or have we embraced, when we were emerged into that baptismal font, the death to the old Adam and being risen in the new Adam who is Christ, who brings forgiveness, mercy, compassion, love, care for one another, and a desire to be in the very presence of the living God. As we enter into the new ecclesiastical year on September 1st, Let each of us prepare our hearts and our minds so that we may meet Christ in the new year and truly act as his brothers and sisters, as children of the living God, as sons and daughters of the light. May God give us the strength, the wisdom, the desire, and the ability to say yes to God and to enter into a deeper relationship with him in this coming year. Amen.